As I have gone through my life, and I am, uh, I know I don't look a day over 65, but I'm going to be 70 this year. I look, sometimes I feel like I look 70, but I feel 30 sometimes. But as I've gone through life, particularly in in the last few years, I have found that the Lord will take little things and speak to me through them. Uh, a lot of times when I'm playing with my dog, I'll, God will just speak to me you know, about how he's obedient or how he's there by my side all the time. And it is just uh, neat to see that. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I decided that we were going to take the Crooked River Highway from Prineville down to 20. And as we were coming down and driving around, we turned to this corner and we saw this. Now, if you look carefully as we're getting up here, there is a guy. See him? See the guy up there? He's walking across on a slack line. And when we first saw it, it was like, what in the world is going on? This guy is like floating up there when we first saw him. But I was able to, we were able to pull over the side, and I took some pictures and took the short video. But as I was looking at this and thinking about that, and thinking about what I was going to share tonight, the Lord said, you know, the one thing that this guy is doing, and the one thing that each of us should be doing as Christians is keeping our focus on the end, on the goal. And as I thought about what Jesus, I had to look and see if it was still going or not, I didn't know. Uh, As I thought about this last week of Jesus' life, and about the context of his life, I realized, you know, the Passover week was not an isolated incident. It was part of a plan that God had for his son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, went through the temptations, and he was called his disciples, and he's teaching his disciples, and one day his disciples say, teach us how to pray. So Jesus said, and this is recorded in Matthew 6, he said, pray like this. Pray, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, we pray that sometimes and it's kind of just like that's the beginning of the prayer and we want to get to Lord, give us our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. But Jesus said the most important thing, the thing you start out with is Lord, may you be honored. May your will be done in my life and may your kingdom come in my heart, in my life, in my world, as it is in heaven. And as Jesus taught his disciples, he tried to stress to them the importance of being focused, but also the importance of what it meant to be able to live the life with the help and the power of Jesus Christ by our side. He talked about uh, in... Matthew 11, he said, take my yoke upon you, uh, because easy and light is my burden. 
He said in Matthew 7, he said, narrow is the gate, and few are that enter into it. And there's this idea of being focused, but also the idea that when you are following after me and keeping your eye on me, my burden is easy and light. Now, that doesn't mean the burden isn't hard. Look what Jesus went through in that week of, of the Passover and as he was uh, scourged and tortured and suffered on the cross. But as I thought about this and about keeping our eyes focused on where God is leading us, that what makes our burden easy and light, like this guy that was on the slack line, he doesn't worry about anything else. His eye is on the end. And his eye is saying, I'm going to take this one step and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to keep going toward that goal. And he's not worried about his checking account. He's not worrying about the spat he had with his kids the night before. He is focused on keeping his foot, his feet on that slack line and getting toward the goal. And Jesus, as he lived on this earth, he had one goal, to come and to die for our sins. That was his goal. That was his focus. And as we look at how we should be living our lives, everything else didn't matter to Jesus. What mattered to him was accomplishing the will of God. And he taught his disciples, pray, may your will be done in my life and on earth as it is in heaven. And he said, you know, when you are yoked to me, all the other burdens of the world don't really matter. They really don't matter. The things that are going on in Ukraine, the things that are going on in Washington, D.C., you know, all the things that are burdening in us, we need to lay them aside and keep our eyes focused on Jesus and his will for our lives. And when we do that, we will be with Jesus, we will become like Jesus, and ultimately we can do what Jesus did. That week of Passover, in Matthew 26, verse 2, Jesus said, You know that two days from now the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man is to be handed over for crucifixion. That was the will of God for him. Nothing else mattered. The Passover had come. The time for him to be crucified had come, and that was all that mattered to him. And that week, as he set his eyes on that, the Pharisees and the elders, they're trying to figure out, how am I going to, how are we going to get this guy? I mean, our goal as Pharisees was to protect our power. The disciples, as they spent that day with Jesus, or that week with Jesus. The next day, well, I don't know if it's exactly the next day, but in the passage, the next thing that happened was he was at a dinner. And this woman came in and had an expensive vial, alabaster vial of perfume, and poured it on his head. And Jesus said something very interesting. He said, why are you bothering this woman? Why are you upset because she has broken this vial instead of selling it? and giving it to the poor, what's important is me. As a son of God, as your savior, 
You have all these other things, but what's important is me. And then he, he tells the disciples as later on as they are getting ready uh, for the Passover and they're sitting down and talking there. He's saying, one of you are going to betray me. And we all know that was Judas. And what was happening in Judas's life is he had a different thing that he was focused on. He was focused on what he could get out of it. In fact, when that woman took the vial and, and broke it open and poured it on Jesus' head, and Jesus said, she is preparing me for burial, the Bible says that, that the, the disciples got all upset. They couldn't understand this. And the next thing that happened that's recorded there is Judas, I don't know if he thought, well, you know, if we had sold that, I, I could have had some of that money. But something clicked, and he said, you know what, this isn't right. And he went to the Pharisees and he said, give me some money and I'll, I will betray him. I'll turn him over to you. And his goal, his focus was not on what the will of God was. His focus on what can I get out of this. And it's not going the way that I want to. You know, and I think about in my own life and, and probably you can think of things too. Things not going the way you want them to go. And you get all upset and you get burdened. And, and you start worrying about these things and you start thinking about what can I do to help myself? What can I do to make me feel better? That night as they were at the Passover meal and, and Jesus, you know, again, you know, he said, you know, he talked about them betraying, somebody was going to betray him and they all said, oh, it's his eyes, it's I, you know. And of course Judas said, is it I? And Jesus said, yeah, you said it. And they had the, the Passover meal together, and as they break up from that Passover meal, and they head off to the uh, Mount of Olives and the, and the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus says, you know, the will of God is that tonight I'm going to be struck, the shepherd's going to be struck, and all of you are going to scatter. All of you are going to leave me. And Peter and, and I think about this in my own life sometimes. You know, sometimes you think, you know what, I'm a Christian. I can stand up. I can do all this stuff. I can be firm and I can, you know, look at what I can do. And you know what, I, I've, been a, I've been a Christian a long time. I, I came to the Lord when I was six years old. And I can remember there were some times when I was sitting in a deacon's meeting or an elder's meeting and thinking, you know what, I've been a Christian a lot longer than all these other guys. I'm better than they are. And that's what Peter was saying, you know. Instead of focusing in on what Jesus was doing and who he was and how he utterly depended on him and needed to keep our eyes focused on him, he was like, you know what, Lord, I will die with you. I don't care. It doesn't matter what happens. I will die. And Jesus said, no. Peter, before the rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. And as they uh, went to the uh, Garden of Gethsemane and, and Jesus asked the disciples, he said, I, I want you to come with me and watch and pray. And then he took Peter and, and James and John, he walked a little further and he said, come with me and, and, and let's pray. Pray with me, watch with me. And he was overwhelmed 
with what was before him. And, and the Bible says that he fell to his knees. And he said, Lord, Lord God, please, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. But not my will, but your will. He came back, the disciples were asleep, and he got after him and said, can't you even watch for a little while with me? You need to keep your eyes focused on what's going on here. And he went back and he prayed a second time, Lord, God, if there's a way for this to pass, let it pass. But not my will, but your will. From the time he taught the disciples to pray, not my will, but your will. May your kingdom come, your will be done. As he talked about how if you are yoked with Christ, how his burden is easy and light, not because it's not hard, but because all we need to do, all we need to do is to keep our eyes focused on who Jesus is and what his will is for us. And sometimes we make trying to figure out what God's will is so hard. The simplicity of it sometimes is what makes it so hard. But we struggle with it. And even when we ask God for wisdom and and knowledge of his will, we don't always follow it. You know, when Jesus was with with, uh, Caiaphas and the elders and the Pharisees were all there, and they were trying to trump up charges to get Jesus so they could arrest him and get him crucified and kill him. And finally, Caiaphas says, I adjure you by the living God, are you the Christ? He asked for the truth. Jesus said, I am. And you're going to see me sitting on the right hand of God, coming in all his power and glory. And he rejected it because that's not what he wanted. I'm reminded in that of the passage in James. In chapter 1 of James, where James says, you know, you're going to have fiery trials and tribulations and things are going to come and these are going to be working at you to develop patience and endurance and to make you perfect. But he said the problem is, you ask for wisdom, you ask for God's uh, will in your life to know what to do, and then, like the Pharisees, you said, you know what, I don't like that. I'm going to do something else. And he says, when you do that, you are like a a person on the wave being tossed about back and forth. But that night, Passover night, Jesus, as he had the Passover, he took the bread and he said, this is my body. He says, this is God's will that my body is broken He took the cup and he said, this is the covenant of my blood given for forgiveness of sins. This is God's will for me to come to give my body and my blood so that you might have forgiveness of sins and that you might be able to walk with me and I walk with you because now you're forgiven. You don't have to worry about all those other things. Peter denied Christ, but Peter came back and and accepted his grace and his forgiveness. Judas denied Christ, but he couldn't handle it, and he turned away. 
And Jesus said, in my body and my blood, I have provided the way for you to have fellowship with me, to experience my power, my grace, and my forgiveness. So as we celebrate tonight, Good Friday, I want to encourage you to, as we, we're going to be taking communion in uh, a few minutes. Mike is coming up here. We're going to have a couple of songs. And so there's no hurry, but during those two songs, you can come up and get the bread and uh, the drink. And as you prepare for that time, think about, one, that this was part of God's will from Jesus' beginning of his life here on earth, to die, to forgive us of our sins, and provide a way for us to have fellowship with him. And two, to think about, where's my focus Am I listening to the teaching of Jesus and keeping my desire to know and to obey and to be submissive to God's will that his will and his kingdom might be in my heart? Or is it I want to ask him what he thinks and then I'm going to look at what I think and decide what I want to do. That's what Judas did. But when you ask and you come back to him, even when you fail, and and you will, I did a lot. I have a lot. There's forgiveness and there's grace and restoration. And that's what we remember as we take the bread and the cup together. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for that love and that grace that you showed us as you lived on this earth and as you taught us how to seek your face, to seek your will, to seek your kingdom. And that when we do that, we don't have to worry about anything else. But we can rest in you and we can live by faith through your power and your strength. And we thank you and we praise you for that in Jesus' name.